The review podcast, yeah. Hi, Bree. Hi. Uh, welcome to the review podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Bree. And this is a podcast in which we review movies. We watch a movie at least one of us has seen at least one time. And then we get on the pod and we just gab about it like a couple old gals. We got the gift of gab. Yeah, a couple gals gabbing, gabbing about the film, the flicks. Um, so here we are. Here we are once again on the review podcast. We're just knocking them out. Honestly, we've been recording, um, trying to get ahead of ourselves and recording these uh, quite in advance. Uh, I, I wanted to do the Halloween movies like the last two um, consecutively because they are like direct sequels from one another. So I'm glad that we are doing this like really close to one another. Um, we're, we're here. We're chilling. Hi, Bree. How are you? I'm good. How's finished your Finished another book. Oh, you finished another book. I did. Bree has been burning through. She's a reader. She's a reader. I've read like six books this week. Oh, my gosh. And they're chapter books. Like, they're not small, like, books. They're yeah. like 300, 400, 500-page books. You're crazy. I, I can't see, like, I'm a history major, um, and, you know, I'm in grad school and everything. I hate reading. I really, really hate reading. I hate reading, like, subject matter. Like, I don't like reading about how to become a better teacher. Not that I don't like to learn about being a better teacher, but I like to read about, like, romance. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're like, well, one of those people, huh? Well, I like, like, I like the idea that you can meet someone and, like, it feels, like, electric when you touch them. I think that's a really cool. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Oh, I'm glad you knew what I was referencing right there. <laughs> um, yeah, I have never been um, a big reader in my in my day. I like to read some historical nonfiction. Um, I think you just haven't found the genre. I don't know. I th- um, I feel like I, everyone. Is I like a reader. reading about movies. I like. I I've been loving getting into these two past Hallow- mo- mo- uh, books about the Halloween movies. Um, I I like reading about like. Uh, the intricacies of of film and um i my boss just gave me this book on um and i gotta i gotta pick it up and start reading it fairly soon but it's a uh civil war history like history book um kind of a biography on a dude from the civil war from gettysburg named uh dan sickles the devil dan sickles um so it's called sickles at gettysburg and it's all about uh, I, I think the story of Dan Sickles is that he was a general in the Civil War or a high-ranking commander in the Civil War, and at the Battle of Gettysburg, they told him like not to proceed further, and he did anyway. He didn't listen to anybody, and he got his leg shot off with a cannon, and then they sent the leg to Lincoln, and... Lincoln put it up in the museum and they preserve the leg. So if you go to like the Smithsonian Museum of Medical History, the leg is still there. Um, but Dan Sickles did a lot of like different things after the Civil War too. Like he was um he was in Congress for a little bit and um he was a scoundrel, they called him the scoundrel, the devil, Dan Sickles. So I gotta read the book and just read a little bit more about this guy. Cause I always when I was like in my history major and I considered going back and getting my PhD in history. Um, usually you have to write like a, basically a biography about somebody that hasn't been written before. 
So my professor at the time was sending me his dissertation, which was about like this random dude in uh, Gettysburg. Uh, And then when I was at uh, grad school initially doing a history master's before I dropped that and it was too hard for me, um, my professor was telling me about he was doing this guy from uh, a biography about this dude from from Russia who was a spy and was very not very well known at the time. So I always thought like Dan Sickles would be an interesting cat to do a, to do a biography on. And I was talking to my boss. I'm like, I don't think there are any biographies on him. He's like, Nope, I know one. And he got it for me. So I gotta, I gotta give it a read. Yeah. I always think everyone's a reader. You just haven't found the genre that speaks to you yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I absolutely hate, um, Historical nonfiction. I hate nonfiction. <laughs> I just hate nonfiction. Yeah. I, I don't think there's... I don't care to read about real people. Why? Um, They're boring. Fake people, so much more interesting. But it's not real. I guess it's not... Like, to me, I, I don't... Well, I guess that's not true. Because I love movies, and movies are about fake people. But... um. I don't know. I I like historical nonfiction. You just got to give me an interesting story, like something that I haven't heard before. Um, I read this book called um, Homeward Bound. It's by Elaine Tyler May. She's a historian, and it's about um, essentially how the family dynamic changed during um, like the Cold War era. So I'm going to stop you right, that, I'm gonna stop you right cool. there because that sounds absolutely mind-numbingly boring to me. But it's, it actually is like really interesting to think about like how women, specifically women in going from World War II where it was like Rosie the Riveter and like, hey, we can get it done. And the women had to take the jobs from the men coming out of World War II and into the Cold War in the Atomic Age where women are now back to being homemakers and the, the idea of the nuclear family is... Uh, is upon us and the leave it to beaver sitcoms of the perfect like uh suburban family and then women are sexualized too in the atomic age like being called bombshells and everything like they're the relation between sexualizing women and the nuclear threat is really quite interesting to me not to you you were just like snoo- like pandering and snoozer- snoozing while i was explaining that <laughs> idea I, I just saw it's like not my cup of tea like mm-hmm. i would much rather have a steamy scene between two absolute fake people about and I, how i recommended a book they to you. just like fall in love and i i really like the idea of just reading about people fall i think that's why i like romantic comedies why i like romance movies a lot which we don't do a lot on here because Anthony chooses the movies. Well, no, we've um, just been going through two different franchises. So once we're done with Halloween, after the next few episodes in Jurassic World, I think we can get into some different genres, like sporadic movies instead of franchises. He's not going to want to watch any movie oh, listen, I choose. I'm, I will watch. He put up such a fight for to get Valentine's Day out there. You put up such a fight. No, well, I you wanted like, to watch a different you're movie. You're like, can we watch a scary Valentine's movie? I never said that. No, you're putting words in my mouth. I never said that. I said, can we watch Punch Drunk Love? That was my recommendation. He wanted to watch. I wanted to watch the art house. An art house movie. And I'm like, Anthony, I just want to watch a stupid like love movie. I'm, I was more worried. I guess my I guess my worry about reviewing like these little, you know, 
movies that like Valentine's Day, for example, is I don't know if I'll have much to say about it. I'm sure you can find something to say. Are you just a pompous butt? No, no. You you are the one that put words in my mouth right there. I never said anything about a scary Valentine's movie. I don't think there is one. Well, My Bloody Valentine is one. So shut up. But <laughs> I don't want to watch that. It's a bad movie. So anyway. Um, Let's get started with what we're here for. I guess. I guess. I like this little conversation, the like pre-conversation conversation that we have, though. How was your day, Brie? I went to the gym. Made, um, had a pork butt in the crock pot since yesterday, 20 hours of pork butt quick of cooking. Actually, more than 20 hours, like 23 hours worth of cooking. Mm -hmm. We made cookies last night. We did. We ate all of them. Yeah, we ate all the cookies. All 20 of them. All 20 cookies. They were so good. I think I had 15. Yeah, I I didn't have that many, (laughs) um, but they were so good. They were very good. And, um, and now I'm thinking about them. What Thanks. was I going to say? I was going to say something. Um, Oh, man. We're recording this on 327. So, like, the March Madness tournament's still going on. I won some money the other day. So, we're we're um, we're in the zone. See, like, sports betting. Not great. No. Not great. And I'm out. I'm out of the game. I won don't and I'm do out. Don't do it. Don't, don't get started in it. Anthony gets started and stuff, and then he can't stop. I was talking to my one friend about it the other day when I was watching the games and trying to win my parlay, which I eventually did win. I won $250 and out of a $10 bet. And um, I was telling him, like, man, I got money on this game. And he goes, oh, you're into sports betting now? And I was like, yeah. He goes, welcome to hell. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, your life's over now. You're never going to stop. And he's like, I've been in the game for three years. You're never going to stop. And lo and behold, he was right, and I was wrong. But I'm done now, at, he says as of that. right now. And, you know, you think he would, like, run it past me sometimes. He runs it past me after he's already placed the bet. Yeah, you can't take it back. <laughs> and then all my friends are like, oh, you should cash out early. You should cash out early. I'm like, no, dude. You're in it to win it. It's all or nothing, man. And I don't, I don't, I don't bet big, but... When you bet, you bet. It's all or nothing. Um, if you have a gambling problem, <laughs> you can call 1-800. Uh, I don't know. Whatever's on your sports app. Um, anyway, Bree, because she's looking at her phone, not super interested in me talking about sports betting and all that. You are, you ready to, are you ready, ready to start? I'm ready to start. Okay. Um, all right. So we are here on the pod today talking about our last Halloween movie until this upcoming October. It is Halloween Kills, 2021's Halloween Kills. Do you remember going to see this in the movie theater? Yes. I think this is, I don't know about you, this is my third time viewing this movie. Um, we saw it in the theaters on the day that it came out, and I that was like, so movie theaters were just kind of being reintroduced. Didn't we? We watched this movie again, though. Together. We watched it again on Peacock. Yeah, like a couple days later because I wanted to get a, like a second viewing of it because I I watched it. When we watched it in the movie theaters, I liked it. And I was really happy. I guess ha- happy that we were getting like a, a decent Halloween movie. Um, and a decent follow-up to 2018, because I love 2018 so much. And so I was like, I want another perspective on it. I want to see it again 
like and just try to pick up some of the stuff that I might have missed from my first viewing. So we watched it again on Peacock. I think you came maybe like a half hour at, into me watching it, but then we watched it together again. And that was in October of 21. And now it is March of 22. And this is our third viewing of Halloween Kills. Do you remember the atmosphere of the theater when we were there? Not really. It was packed theater. Um, do you remember the dude that came in to the theater when we saw it? So we were sitting like on the, and I have a good memory about these things. Was this the one where we were sitting next mm-hmm. to each other? I was on the outside seat. You were, we So I picked this, I picked seats <clears throat> that were like close to the like stairs, like at the end of the row. But I didn't want to sit next to anybody and you didn't want to sit next to anybody because it was still kind of like COVID. It, time. it was, you know, we were still, you know, eh, it's COVID and, you know, um, movie theaters, eh, it's a packed theater. Um, so I had bought tickets uh, in two seats where the seat next to you was the end of the row. So I was like, nobody's going to sit there because people don't come to see movies really generally by themselves and then sit next to somebody. And then the seat next to me wasn't taken. Um, so we weren't sitting next to anybody. And then like the movie begins and some like random guy comes in and sits next to Brie at the end at the end of the the row. And here's something you have to know about me. I do not like strange. And he, it was people. an older it was like middle aged gentleman. I don't like sitting next to anybody, especially men. Men make me uncomfortable. I don't I don't want no offense. But men. like this was a different situation where this was an, a middle aged man coming into the theater after the movie had already started and then sit by himself and then sitting next to you. It was weird. It like, it was a weird situation. And then of course and I, I whispered over, I'm like, do you want to switch seats? Do you but sit like, think about me? how rude that would have been if I got up and switched seats. Yeah. And it was just strange because it's like, man, the, the movie about like the slasher killer and like this weird thing just happens. And then the guy leaves like five minutes later. He stayed for the first like five minutes of the movie and then left. So I looked at Brie and I was like, I don't think the dude had a ticket. I think that he just walked into a theater and sat down and then left. It was like just a weird, strange thing, especially during the Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Like if it was any other movie, if it was like Toy Story or something, I wouldn't be as like concerned. But because it's like a horror movie and it's about like a crazy dude, I was a little... We were a little like, mm, this is weird. Was yeah. A little strange. Um, but we did see it with a packed theater. And I remember some of the reactions of the theater, like when things were going on in the movie. And it, it was just, I think that a movie like this, even though I hate going to horror movies with crowds, because you always get that one person that doesn't shut up in the theater and it ruins the movie for everybody. I think a movie like this, though, you should see in a crowd to get that atmosphere because... I don't know. There was something like when we saw 2018 with a crowd, like it was nice to all the like, ooh, like all the noises, like especially when he went after the baby or it was like people thought he was going to go to the baby, um, like people jumping and like, ah, you can hear that in the crowd. I think there's something special to that in, in a movie like Halloween when you see it. And then we saw like Scream in a couple months back and there was like nobody in that theater. <laughs> that was also at the height of Omicron. But um, there's like nobody in that theater and it 
I feel like having a crowd would have been nice for that movie too. But I remember seeing it in the theater. I remember seeing it on Peacock. And now we're watching it for a third time. And general thoughts, Bree. Before we get um, into it, I don't want to give detail. away too much because I, I mean, I I have an opinion about it. But until we get really get into it, we talk more about it. I don't want to give out too much of mm-hmm. my my thought process here. Yeah. Um, it's not my favorite. Okay. Um, we're gonna we're gonna end up uh, today on the podcast at the very end of this because it's our last Halloween movie. I think we're gonna rank them. And I, I can write it down for us, but I think we got to rank them, and I think we got to rank the masks too. So, um, my general thoughts: I like it. I don't like it as much on the third viewing as I liked it on my first viewing. Because I think now we have now time to like nitpick it mm-hmm. and figure out what's wrong with it. Right, and we were making some comments like as we were watching the movie about some stuff that like once you notice it, it's hard not to notice it. Um, so why don't we get down to it and we're, we're moving at a quite quicker pace. Usually we're about a half hour into the podcast before we actually get down to the movie. Um, but let's talk about a little background information into the movie. Um, I don't have much, (laughs) I don't have much. So 2018 films, David Gordon Green, uh, directs it. He and Danny McBride write it. We went through the background information. We went through that movie, um, Carpenter's back again with his son to make the uh, the music, and there. So after 2018, they were. It, it, Danny McBride was interviewed, and they asked, you know, do you have any plans to make any more? And he said, well, why don't we see how this one does first, and then we'll see if we can make more. Um, so the movie comes out in October of 2018, and then I think in like June or July of 2019 is when they announced officially that they were going to do two more Halloween kills and Halloween ends, and they were going to shoot them back to back. That was initially the plan. So they do Halloween kills and they shoot it and then COVID hits. So that kind of changes plans and screws things up while they were already done filming and they were in the editing process of Halloween kills. They could no longer shoot Halloween ends back to back. So it put it on hold and the idea was, well, we'll do kills and then we'll, you know, move to Halloween ends at a later time. And I think that the initial plan was for everything to be on one night, right? Like 2018 happens one night. Halloween kills is uh, a direct continuation of that on the same night. And then Halloween ends was going to be on the same night as well, but then they changed it. And um, now I think, their plan is to time skip a bit for Halloween ends. Although, and we can talk about our theories about where that franchise is going to go in the next movie a little later, but I, that was initially going to come out um, in 2020, right? I think it was October 2020. So COVID hit and then they announced, well, we're not going to release Halloween in October, 2020 because we want, people to go to the movies and see it we want people to be able to get the theatrical experience of seeing a halloween movie in theaters near halloween time so we're going to push it back to october 2021 in the hopes that theaters are going to be open by then well then they announce in like august or september of 21 that they're not only releasing halloween kills in theaters 
but they're also going to simultaneously release it via the Peacock streaming service. And I, I, look, I remember going up to you and saying, well, what the hell? Because the whole idea of delaying it a full year was to get people in theaters, and now you're saying we're going to put it on a streaming service a year later. It's so stupid. But I'm glad we got to see it in theaters, um, and I'm glad we got that experience. I'm hoping that Halloween ends. Is I'm hoping that there isn't another global pandemic or it doesn't get any Stop, worse. Stop, because our wedding is like <laughs> I know, October. it's like a week after. <laughs> a wedding's like a week after I'm Halloween gonna, ends comes out. I'm going to punch you in the throat. No, we're going to hope. We're going to fingers crossed that everything's good. Um, I, that's really all my background information for this one. Um, I Yeah, I, I don't really have anything else with this so why don't we get down to it you ready yeah let's dig in mm. halloween kills directed by david gordon green written by david gordon green and danny mcbride music by john carpenter and cody carpenter the year is 2021 and let us begin brie it opens up with that cheese wad cameron Who? oh cheese i was like cheese wad <laughs> i wrote that it says open with this cheese wad he don't know his friend is dead he's calling um, his friend saying, "Oh, I messed up with Allison. Answer your phone." Blah 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 blah. And I think it's interesting to open with Cameron because one of my major complaints about Halloween 2018 was, well, they don't really follow up on Cameron because he's one of those characters where, well, the moment he kisses Tiger Girl in 2018, oh well, this guy's gonna get it right. Like he, oh, now he, he, that's a death sentence for this guy. He's going to get it. So I'm glad we get Cameron back in this because it's like more of a follow up to, with that character. And Cameron finds um, Officer Hawkins on the, mm-hmm. on the floor, on the ground, and is trying to take care of him because we know in 2018, Officer Hawkins is stabbed by the doctor. Doctor says hen. Was that a good impression? Was that a good impression of him? (laughs) I mean, okay. Okay. (laughs) It's better than my Loomis impression, which I'll do later on. Oh, great. (laughs) Um, Hawkins is alive. He's not dead. Um, And I'm glad we didn't chalk that up to uh, a death from uh, 2018 when we were counting all the deaths because Hawkins is very much alive. And he's like, I have to finish the job. I have to, he has to die. He has to die. And Brie, evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. By by God, if you watch this movie, you'll know. You'll have it ingrained in your brain. Evil dies tonight. Because they say it a million friggin' times. They say a lot of stuff a lot. Oh, oh, we'll get to it. Um, Yeah, that's that's a major complaint I have about this movie is some of the things that they say and how often they say it. Um... So we then so Hawkins is alive and Hawkins is saying, I got to finish the job. I need to kill him. He needs to die tonight. And then we get a flashback, Halloween 1978. And it's like an epilogue almost to the original Halloween. And movie. we talked about when we saw this in theaters, we're like, wow, this is like a really well done flashback. Like it's grainy. Mm-hmm. It looks like it could have been plucked from the actual year. It, it looked like if I had a VHS <laughs> and I put it in to the the tv and the vhs player like that's how it kind of looked at least in the theaters when we were watching it on the tv on hbo it wasn't as it didn't seem like as grainy 
as it did when we were in theaters. Because when we were in theaters, I was like, this looks like it's straight out of 1978. Yeah, and I think that's that's something I really appreciate because like when you do a flashback to the past and especially when it's like you're referencing a movie from the past Mm -hmm. and it's like shot in high def, it looks like this is not the past. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Um, Especially because like the 1978 movie is so legendary and has this legacy that you you don't want to screw it up especially if you're going to go back to that movie for any reason like they do here where it's like an epilogue michael it's what happens after loomis shoots michael six times in the chest and he falls off the balcony while michael's gone well where does he go he's just walking around being a he's just being michael walking around and i swear to god hawkins young hawkins um shoot shoots at michael like maybe a total of 10 times in his career between when he's young and when he's old and i swear to god this guy's like a stormtrooper he misses every point blank shot on like and michael's just walking in the 2018 movie we talked about last week that hawkins is shooting michael as he's walking down the stairs in uh the babysit house well like and he misses like point blank like this flashback is so interesting because it's like one of the cops like knows Michael, grew mm-hmm. up hanging out with Michael, saying, "Oh, you know, he just used to just, like look out the window. He was like he's a, just like a weird kid. He's just a weird kid. Yeah. He didn't do anything horrible until that time, and then then it you get like the off like these kids jousting at." um lonnie it's like a lonnie flashback yeah, with these so kids like one and once being again like horrible to yeah me. and and once again lonnie is the character from 1978 that they always reference and they say like well lonnie said he's the boogie and lonnie said this and then laurie at one point says i don't think lonnie elon's gonna graduate the second grade or whatever and uh that he's also the kid who is dared to go in the myers house that luma says Lonnie, get your ass out of there. <laughs> Is it a good impression? Sure. It's a good impression. Um, so now Lonnie's back, and you got another child actor who looks like the kid from 78 playing Lonnie, and he's being harassed by these bullies uh, who think that they stole his candy, or he stole their candy. Yeah, and then, like, a cop comes by, and he's like, go this home. This is my favorite thing. And they're like, why? And he says, because a c- three t- teenagers were like butchered up the road and i'm like why would you tell the kids I, that that's baffling i was to me. like oh my gosh i said that when we watched the movie for the first time in the theaters i said what an amazingly bad cop to pull up to a group of like 10 year olds and then say you guys better go home and they go why he's like there's a there's a murderer on the loose he killed a bunch of teenagers up the road speeds off like why didn't you why, give them a ride why didn't you pick the kids up and take, take them, them home, home? <laughs> So just like, yeah, there's this crazy guy that got that butchered these teenagers down the road. See ya, be safe. <laughs> and then Lonnie like gets away. He's like walking back. He trips, falls, and then he sees Michael. And then he closes his eye and he's like, "I like leave me alone." And and Michael's then- just like walking at him. And I love the it's the original Carpenter score too. Like the doom 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 doom. Like that kind of like seventy eight score. The cops find it. He's like, I'm like, oh, go home, kid. And he's like, 
So Lonnie like, has an encounter. Yeah, with he's Michael. like, "Where did he go?" And they're like, right by the Myers house. And then the cops go in. The one's like, "I found a dog," and the, that's a callback oh, to the original. I wrote one. that down too. Yeah. Um, and he, the one cop that knew him, goes to Michael's sister's window, knowing that he loves that spot. Looks down. Michael's bloody footprints. And he says, "Haddonfield, the town where nothing happens." And then. Michael, Michael bursts. Michael bursts out of the other room and doesn't like. So I, I mean, we see a death scene later in the movie where Michael grabs somebody and like gouges their eyes out. Like Michael doesn't do this in '78. Michael just strangles the guy, and the cop fights back too. He starts punching him in the ki- kidney shots. Michael a couple times, and you hear Michael go. Ur, ur. <laughs> um and Hawkins like. Michael, says, let, let, him it, go, let him go or I'll shoot and he shoots but he accidentally um shoots the well, cop and he k- kills that cop also like I don't know if you knew if you noticed this but I brought I called this out to you when we watched the movie for a third time since when I noticed it is Michael has is strangling the cop with rope and that's I think a callback to 78 when the hardware store gets robbed and Sheriff Brackett's like, yeah, he stole like a knife, a butcher knife, a mask and some rope. But then Michael never uses the rope at all in 78. Well, now the rope comes back and Mike, Michael's got some use for the rope now. Um, but yeah, Hawkins, the one time where he can actually shoot Michael and the one time he hits something. It's a cop. It's his own partner. <laughs> yeah. yeah um... <laughs> so then Michael just lets him go after he gets shot in the neck and just like, walks out walks away with like no reaction to anything and then he gets like surrounded outside well hawkins also tries to shoot michael walking down the stairs once again and misses misses. every single time um and you know he gets out front he's surrounded and he's just we get that shot where he's just like standing there yeah so michael uh, michael's standing there and all the cops all the cops are out there guns pointed at him and they're like there he is michael myers and he's just like standing there and it reminds me of that shot from the first Halloween movie where when they unmasked child Michael and like remember we talked about it, I was like why is everyone just standing around and like not moving and not saying anything as the camera pans out after they unmasked Michael I think that's a callback to that shot um you want to talk about Loomis in this scene so we have Loomis Loomis is back baby who you would think, hey, oh, that's, a that's a really good and realistic CGI, but it's not a CGI. Yeah, I found this out um, in a, as I was doing my research for the movie, is that, um, so Loomis is back, and he bursts into the Myers house after Hawkins shoots his partner, and he goes, Officer Hawkins, did he do it? Did he kill again? And then you kind of see this, this uh actor who's playing loomis and brie and i in our first viewing of this movie thought that that was like a a cg loomis what i later found out was i can't remember the dude's name but their set designer for halloween kills looked a lot like donald pleasance so they asked him if he could be the stand-in for loomis in that opening scene and they put some prosthetics on him to make him look a bit more like Donald Pleasance. So, and then they had somebody dub over his voice that was like an impersonator of Donald Pleasance. But it was just interesting because that so could have been a CG shot, but instead it's 
they like and they doubled down on this. They were so confident that this guy, the set designer that they just picked up that looked like Donald Pleasance, looks so much like Donald Pleasance that they zoom they zoom in on him a number of times. And you can very clearly see this guy's face. And he looks uncanny. It's like uncanny. It's really good. Um Did he did he kill again? Did Michael kill again? Is that a good impression? Yeah, sure. Okay, thanks. And then we get the opening credits, which it's a bunch of pumpkins. Yeah, they slam to the uh, opening credits with a bunch of pumpkins being lit on fire. And the theme is a little bit different than we've had in the past. It's almost this like chorus-y version of the Halloween theme, which is kind of cool that they changed it up a bit. Um, I don't think anything beats that that last slam to credit scene from 2018 with say something and then everyone going wild and then slams into i love it though i love this stuff the big yeah. the big blocky orange letters or it's all uh, music to my ears brie music evil <laughs> evil dies tonight um we get to back to the future there we're at a bar dun, dun. it's it's halloween and it's a halloween party at the bar but also a talent show yeah i was like i was baffled by the decision of the bar to have both of those things go on at the same time like i looked at brie when we were watching this and i said as a bar owner why wouldn't you split those events up like you can have a costume party at your bar and still make like a, a good amount of profit and then the week later you can have the talent show and you can make even more of a profit but having those on the same night seems like kind of a waste of uh, of two events. I would agree, and this is where we get all like the um, the meetup. You know what I'm what I'm talking about? Like we don't know exactly who it is yet because like they're not showing us the face. But they're, of they're them. talking about some stuff in the background. They're saying like two people were killed at a gas station. Do you think it's Michael? Uh, I don't know. And then we get Tommy Doyle. Goes up to the mic for the talent show, and instead of doing the bird calls, yeah, apparently, well, La- which he Lonnie knows- goes, Lonnie goes up and he's like, "Tommy Doyle's up next, doing bird whistling," and Tommy goes up there and then goes into this like diatribe about basically expository. Here's what happened last time on nine on Halloween 1978, and he goes into this story and really brings down the vibe of the entire um, bar. Because it's such a weird and, like, serious speech. Yeah, and then he, like, gets off. Um, and it's just... A ventriloquist like, comes up after him. I know. And is, I was like, if I was that ventriloquist, I'd be pissed. But because, like, get, he just brought down the vibe of the... How do I follow that? <laughs> yeah, but then we get, like, um, a cut to Lori, um, Karen... And Allison in the back of a, like a truck, and it's driving away. And then the fire truck speeds, go, the, other speeds way. the other way. Mm-hmm. Towards and, Lori's house. And Lori's just like, no, let him burn. Yeah. And you know nothing, at that moment you know, oh, F. Well, he's getting out of that house. He's getting out of that house. And the firemen, they, they come um, and... One, they're like spraying the house. One of them falls through to the basement, and Michael gets behind. He's in the hidey hole. Gets behind like us, and he gets in a safe spot, which I don't know how he found that. So that's from 
28 I noticed that safe spot in 2018 that's where Lori keeps all of her guns and um it's kind of like a uh like a garage opener like a metal like door that she can pull up and Michael's hiding in there but Michael actively chooses not to use any of the guns um he does he know how I don't know and then I wrote he'd be killing um <laughs> man he kills because so many he people. kills the guy in the basement who put on his like little ding 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 thing so people knew where he was mm-hmm. and then he kills the guy who reaches to grab him from the basement and that's such a cool that's a really cool shot where you can see michael like in the um visor of the firefighter as he's pulling he's extending his arm i think that was a really cool shot and then michael comes out of the house and everyone's just like looking at him and he has like the real like heavy duty axe yeah and then all like the firefighters like gear up so that uh, that's what i noticed in this too upon my (laughs) third viewing and that was my thing where i noticed so michael walks out he's with weapon in hand he looks pretty pretty damn aggressive and all the firefighters instead of being like who are you are you okay? They all are just like, oh, let's go get this motherfucker. Like they're all, they're all like, we need to defend ourselves right now. And I was, I was thinking about it too. And I told you, they don't even know who this guy is. Can you imagine like you're a firefighter that is responding to a fire at a massive compound and out comes like a big dude wearing a scary monster mask and he has a weapon in hand. And I'm like, who are you? Mike, Who is this Michael guy? kills them all. Brutally. Brutally too. kills them all. How many like, people how many people does they he kill? And later in the movie they say 11, 11 first, first responders, responders at Lori's compound. So you can take out I think we disregarded the two cops from the first from Halloween 2018. Cuz cops are first responders. Yeah, so, and they were also at the compound. So we subtracted them. And so nine uh, nine yeah. firefighters essentially is is the kill count there. And he takes like the axe and he axes some guy's face. And then they've got the, what do they call it? The buzz, like the buzz saw to get people out of like precarious situations. Michael takes the buzz saw and buzz, buzz saw some guy's face off. Um, like it's brutal. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. It's really hard to watch. I was reading some comments online that were saying like a big critique of this movie is that we see Michael do too much action. Uh, in, in the movie where you know normally we see Michael very um, uh, methodical about his kills and he's not really like action he's not like running like lunging towards people or um, like overpowering them what do you think about that Brie do you think that's an issue in this movie or do you think you is that something that we can look past or I mean is- I can look past it because you know Michael's changed since the last time we've experienced him in 78 yeah yeah like this is a new not a new person but this is a more like loose cannon you know what he's He's, i think he's just really freaking excited he's out and he's ready to go he's just he's been pent up for 40 years i think he's just really stoked on halloween and like he's ready to rock and roll i would agree so I also think that this is a different Michael is we have to acknowledge that this is a Michael that is 61 years old as opposed to 21 in 1978. He's not as um, fluid in his motions as he was in 78. He's not as nimble as he was in 1978. So 
I think it's fair to see Michael do a little bit more action and to move around as much as he does in this movie. Um, and I think that they do handle it very, very well, um, his motions, because it is still scary, you know. It's oh, Michael, terrifying. It's Michael Myers, but it's more of an evolved Michael Myers. Yes. Um, cool. So, yeah, he, he murders all of those And then his firefighters. next on his agenda... Are this like adorable couple who lives like not too far from Lori's compound? Yeah, but before that, we get to the hospital as well. Like Lori is admitted into the hospital, and Karen and Allison are with police answering questions. Oh yeah, there's that surgery and scene. I wrote. There's that surgery. I scene. hate surgery. <laughs> Lori gets like major surgery because she got stabbed in the stomach, which she then says it's just a paper cut, and I was like, oh, that's not great dialogue, but okay moving forward um so then we see sheriff Brackett from the first he works he's, he's worked security at the security. hospital it's kind of like a job that you would give like an old yeah former police officer um i think his being in the movie is maybe my my least favorite no it's not my least favorite part of this movie but i think it's a negative of him being in this movie um because he doesn't really do anything and they have the like they bring him back just because he's a legacy character and they don't really give him much to do except for right at the end where he delivers the line hey michael uh it's halloween everyone's entitled to one good scare which i said why did why did he say that like that means a lot to us because he said that and that's an, an iconic line from the first movie but to everyone else that means absolutely nothing and it's just a weird thing to say at that moment. So I, I would not have put Sheriff Brackett in this movie. I would have left him alone. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. It be what it be. Um, then. Oh, we get one shot um, that comes in from the original Halloween 2, which is Sheriff Brackett looking at Annie's dead body. Um, that's the only acknowledgement of the original Halloween 2 was that one shot. It's kind of cool. Um, then we get the the cu- cute couple. Um, the old lady, she's um, flying her drone. And the drone falls close to like their back bathroom or door. The house is weirdly I don't, structured. I don't know what. Because the bathroom was like outside, it seems. I don't know I don't, what I don't the even structure know. of this house was yeah. like. And these two, um, they get it. <laughs> they get a bad um you know what i told brie when we were watching i said this reminds me of cats and she looks at me in disgust and goes why does it remind you of cats like the play cats or the movie i guess cats um what a stinker what a stinker (laughs) what a stinker of a movie but um i said it reminds me of cats in the sense that cats is just a musical that's all introducing new characters like, there's no story to it. It's just introducing new characters. And I said, I kind of feel that with this movie where, because it's the town's story, it's not like Laurie's not the main character as she was in the fir- in 2018. Um, this is more of a collective town story. How does Michael affect the town? So you get a lot of, you don't really have a main character. You have a lot of different characters that you focus on. And I felt like it was cats in the sense of like, Here's well, now this here's this character, and then here's this character, and then here's this character. Here are the Johns, and here's Tommy, and here's Lonnie, and here's Lindsay. Um, 
But I don't know. A lot of people say that that is a negative part of this movie, that it doesn't have a main character and it just keeps introducing side characters to in the town. But I would argue that it's it's not Lori. This movie isn't Lori's story. This movie isn't Karen's story. I, I think Tommy is the closest thing we get to a main character or Karen might be the closest thing we get to a main character. But the, this movie at its heart is about how does Michael Myers affect the town? Yeah. And now the town is fighting back. And it's about like Michael infecting the town with the fear of Michael Myers, where now everyone's getting all riled up because of the idea that Michael could be out there. To which I say that's a weird thing because like Michael's actually out there. So a lot of them are fearful of the idea of Michael, but like Michael's actually out there killing people. It's like that's probably threat number one you should be considered with instead of the idea of Michael Myers. And I think I feel bad for this couple. They get it pretty bad where like the guy gets slammed against the door and then well, he, he gets. So he, <laughs> so ladies flying a drone, Big drone problem. goes to the bathroom and yeah, he opens up the bathroom door and like turns on the light and sees Michael there. Michael smashes the light and the guy closes the door and goes, there's a big fella in a monster mask in our bathroom. And she's like, call the police. She's like, well, what does he want? <laughs> I was like, I don't know what he wants. He's in there. And he kind of grabs the guy and like bangs his head against like the door and then gets him in the neck with glass. Yeah. From the door frame. He gets the other, the lady. He walks, she, she's backed up into the kitchen. And she has a knife, but he takes the Ellie, like, what is it called? It's like a light tube. Oh, I forget what kind of lights. Fluorescent. Fluorescent light tube. He cracks it. And then stabs her in the throat with it. It's so brutal. He just, well, he doesn't even like do it aggressively. He just kind of like pushes it into her throat. And I was like, this so, it was, the whole scene is kind of interesting that they would put in here because it kind of breaks the rules a little bit of Michael, where we know Michael torments his victims, right? We know Michael sets up bodies. He plays tricks. It's trick or treat, right? Like he he plays tricks on Halloween. He sets up the bodies in these really weird ways. And we see that process play out for the first time. Yeah, he, um, while she's laying, like sitting there dying, he takes her husband's body and he like puts like, 12 he puts knives it, he puts it over the table and then just starts taking knives and shoving it in the dude's back but like there's a sequence in which he takes the knife he stabs and then he looks at the knife again and then he looks at the body again to like kind of assess the situation and be like how do i want to do this like how do i want to set this up and we see this like i hate using this phrase because this is such a horrible thing but we see this like artistic expression out of we've been saying this like michael's an artist in his own weird horrific way is that michael is he sets these things up like this is art to him almost like when i kill somebody it's performance art essentially uh like a really weird kind of dark and twisted performance art piece that he's doing so we see this like creative process play out with Michael. It's like, how do I set up these bodies? Like, what is my process in which I get to assess what I want out of this creatively? And it just, I think I thought that was maybe the most interesting part of this movie is that we finally get to see that process play out because he's done it so often. Like he did it with um, Annie's body with Judith's headstone. He did it a lot in 2018 with like the teeth and 
setting up certain things uh, with Vicky and Dave's bodies. Um, and I thought that that was kind of um, interesting to see that play out. And um, I noticed that the first time we saw it. I was like, ooh, interesting. So we can count those two up to the body count. Yes, we can. And then we go back to the bar and it's like we are, wa- we're introduced to the gang. Like these two, the... The husband and wife, the nurse and doctor. Who are in 2018 very briefly as they're leaving. Yes. We have them just say, oh, hi. Sorry. We didn't know. We know the story, but we but we like we didn't realize it's you. And he's like, oh, I'm Tommy Doyle explaining who everybody is. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, OK, it's expository. <laughs> yeah. And then the the husband and wife buy them drinks. But then they're also like they're going to go. And they see on the screen, you know, the news report, the news of report, all the events of 2018, where where they're saying the two guys got out. Yeah, and it's two are still missing. The first guy, and then Michael is the second. There's like little stout, yeah, stout like yeah is, and then um, they go out to the car, and the guy forgets. His stethoscope, so he goes back, but he well, gives his no, no, keys no. So, to his wife. They they see all of these reports on TV, and they're like, holy crap, Michael's back. Like, he's out, he's back, he's responsible for these murders. Like, we need to go hunt him down. Evil, like, evil dies tonight, Bree. Did you know? Evil did, dies Did tonight. you know that evil dies tonight? So evil dies tonight, and he starts, Tommy starts, like, rallying the rest of the bar to go hunt Michael. So while they're leaving... The two, the couple, the doctor and the nurse couple are going back to their car and the woman gets in the car and she sees something rum- rumbling in the back of the car. And she, she pieces out, um, she, but it's not Michael in the back seat of the car. It is the other, the other, other guy. Inmate, yeah. yeah. It's the other guy who escaped the mental like bus. And this guy we know is not a danger to others. He's very... He's just scared. He's scared. Mm-hmm. He's really scared. And I think and he takes the car and he crashes it into like an electrical thing. And, and they're like, he's got the, he's got a head wound now. And I think it kind of starts with the the nurse who said it's the guy from the TV. Yeah. Well, she thinks it's Michael Myers, but, but she's never seen Michael Myers. But he is. This guy was one of the inmate that was on TV. But she says but, it was Michael Myers. Like she, she name drops it. Yeah. Because she was like, it's the guy from TV. Mm-hmm. But so it, what what we get in response to that is the town just going absolute bonkers trying to crazy. hunt Michael Myers and like the the it's mob mentality it's frenzy of a crowd that's trying to hunt down one guy who they know is responsible for like a ton of murders going on and like meanwhile Lonnie like and, to- and Tommy doesn't help yeah. he's too thick headed meanwhile Lonnie's like left because Cameron called him. Cameron called him and said, I found a cop that was lying on the ground. I don't know what's going on, but Lonnie's like, okay, I'll be there. Yeah. He goes and picks up Cameron, and they go to the hospital. Like, everybody goes to the hospital to see if Lori's okay, essentially. Yes. Um, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. The sheriff is back. So the sheriff with the cowboy hat, he is back. Still got a cowboy hat. And now he's taking it a little bit seriously, because in the last movie, he goes, what are we going to do, cancel Halloween? And uh, now that wishing. he sees now that he sees all of the eleven dead first responders at Lori's compound, he's like, "Holy crap!" That's like almost an entire 
shift. That, yeah. That's a whole shift. Almost fi- to, an entire firehouse, like, <laughs> essentially. Can you, can you imagine how long it will take to get that many to replace the firefighters you had in a firehouse? I know. Like, oh. It's in- insane. So, um, we cut then to the Myers house. And we meet. In modern day. We meet Big John and Little John. Who are quite possibly the best characters in this movie. I, I wrote, I love them. I love Big and Little John. Well, what, what I love most about, first of all, Big John is the shorter of the two. Yes. Um, but he's the more like macho. He's of the, the two. he's the macho one, and we get him. He's listening to like a this record, really weird Halloween record. Big black cat. <laughs> what is this? The line? Stop, look, listen. It's Halloween. <laughs> but and like the the way that it's edited and the way that it's shot, it like cuts with him dancing to it and it's incredible it's an incredibly it's good a really scene. like it's really good and then we have little john the taller guy who is played by the actor who plays stewart yes in mad tv and yes uh what's his name michael mcdonald he's so funny is that his name i don't know um, i just i stewart stewart <laughs> look what i could do <laughs> um he also so that character or that actor also was in the first Austin Powers movie and he's the guy that gets run over by the Zamboni. Do you remember that scene in Austin Powers? Austin Powers is in a Zamboni and he's like moving forward and he can't control it and the guy who is plays Little John is playing a Dr. Evil minion. And the guy's like, no, stop. Like, he's trying to get the Zamboni to stop. And Austin keeps going, no, like, get out of the way. Move. (laughs) And the guy won't move. And he ends up getting run over by the Zamboni. So that actor gets killed by Mike Myers and Michael Myers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's making a charcuterie, which we appreciate. It looks like it's pretty good. I asked you, how would you rate the I charcuterie I didn't get a good, good look at the charcuterie board. There, but he's got that cool honey, like, dipper. Like, he got the honeycomb stick. The honeycomb stick, yeah. Um, I noticed there were some grapes on there, some You know nice what I could go for? Cheeses. I could go for a charcuterie board. A nice charcuterie board? I could go for some grapes. Ooh. Like an Ooh. apple, even. <laughs> some mm. any any kind of fruit really fruit like fresh fruit not canned fruit because we eat a lot of canned vegetable we don't eat canned fruit we had canned fruit like a couple days ago what did we eat for with canned, canned fruit? pineapple oh you ate canned pineapple i didn't eat canned. i ate the whole freaking can <laughs> yeah but that co- that was part of the recipe right like i guess you could have used a real pineapple if you really <laughs> wanted to but who has the time yeah who has the time for um that? and then they get like ding dong by uh like a group of kids. But can we talk about how they've refurbished the Myers oh, house? Oh, beautiful. I said that in when we saw it when for the first time. When you saw it in the you leaned over to me and you're like, they did an amazing job with the Myers house. It's so beautiful on the inside. It's They painted it like a dark green, mm-hmm. which dark colors, it's a risk because dark colors make the room smaller. And it, I bet it just makes the Myers house seem so cozy. Yeah, as opposed to in 1978 when it's like abandoned and there's a dead dog in there, and there's there's really nothing going on. But I, man, they did it again. These guys, these uh, big and little John, they they really uh, did a good job on that house. They did. They I did. would live in that house. Me would too. You, would you live in that house knowing what happened there? 
everyone every every house has some well someone died in every the, house i don't know the history of this house i know it was built in of our house that we're living in right now and recording this podcast in i i, have I know to that assume, it was built in the 80s i have to assume that every house has, has someone die in it you think i don't know about this one though maybe not but like i know i only i think there's so only we live been in three a other we live in a ranch and yeah. usually old people buy ranches. Oh, so there could have been. There could have been a person who but died I know in our there. last, the last owner of this house rented it out to a bunch of people. Yeah, that's why it's in a shitty condition. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I have to assume that... I, I don't know. You said you would have to assume that everybody has had a house in which somebody has died. But I don't know if that's necessarily true. And I don't know if it... I mean, is it... I mean, a murder is different than like someone just like died. Yeah, well, if it's like a natural death or like a die of old age, you know, whatever. But to literally have like this horrific tragedy happen in the house, I don't know if I'd do it. Do they have to disclose that information yes. to you? Okay, so the Johns probably knew yes. the history of the house. They 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 knew that Michael, you've come home. But uh, yeah, I know that they knew the history of the house in present day, but buying the house, I, I do. You, how much do you think that house went for? Not very much, because it looks like they flipped it. Yeah, it looks exactly like they home makeovered it. They Extreme probably got. Home they probably got it for the cheap. Mm-hmm. But they probably had to do a lot of fixing up. It's an it old house. It looked really heavily renovated. Yes, I love it. I'd live there. Um, some kids like ding dong them and like play this like mean prank on them about to... kids swallowing a razor yeah, blade so just to get a bowl of candy and that well they broke into the john's house to get and, a bowl to get the candy and uh, the john's though like tell like a really inappropriate story to the children about michael myers i think yeah well they're using language that you wouldn't like tell kids Tits? yeah they're like he stabbed yeah, her in the, her uh, you can in, I'm the, not gonna in say the tits or yeah. something and i'm like i don't know john's like this is not the vocabulary you use when you're like talking you can to scare kids. a kid without being vulgar and i guess i think that's that was a little much but and then we cut back to the hospital in which karen and allison are giving like their detailed accounts of what happened and allison kind of says you know like my mom is terrified because she's always lived in fear that her mom is right. Karen has always lived in fear that her mom was right. Because deep down, she wanted to believe that what her mom was doing was wrong, but deep down, she was always afraid her mom was actually right. But like I and I thought, and about then this Karen when... gets kind of like that fear ignited that yes, my mom was right, and Karen truly believes that Michael He's was hunting. Lori, when Allison knows the only reason he was there was because his doctor tried to do it. I thought about that when we were watching this movie and the last one, especially compared to H2O, where Lori is seen as like crazy for having these fears, but then she's right. And it's like all the characters have to acknowledge that she was like right to be fearful and right to be you know, deal with her trauma in that way. But I also think this scene does a really good job of seeing the generational trauma that Karen passed down to Allison without really acknowledging that she held that, you know, kind of like I was raised because my mom wanted to be so different from her mom. She's like, but my mom always lived in fear that my grandma was right. Mm -hmm. So like that's, 
trauma that you pass on to your daughter. Oh, sure. And like, but Karen's like, but we did it. He's gone. And they're like, oh, Karen, I'm so sorry. And she's oh, like, Karen, honey, oh, she, honey. She's like, what? He's like, it's not oh, like he's alive. And they're like, what the fuck? And how? she's like, how? How could, how could he be alive? The, it's, it's just horrible. It's this, horrible. This mofo can't die. And then this is where you get to the point where I looked at Anthony. I said, the only logical step to go with in the next movie is Supernatural. And this is a interesting. We've had this conversation before. We've, I don't think that they're going to go Supernatural. And I, I see. Nor do I really want and them I to. And I push. You have to embrace the boogeyman aspect. Especially, Michael gets... He takes so much damage in this he movie. He takes so many gunshots, so many stabbings. He gets stabbed with a pitchfork in his back. Yeah. Like, this man cannot be human. So, I I don't want them to go supernatural in the next movie. I'd like for them to keep it ambiguous, but it's weird because they did kind of hint towards the supernatural in this movie, like with Laurie's monologue towards the end of the movie saying, you know, every kill makes him stronger and like, we're not dealing with a regular human being. Um, And it's weird because in the 2018 one, they really made a point to say, this is a dude. Like, this is not like with that podcast where he's like, I believe it. I don't believe in the boogeyman. I believe in Michael Myers, the deranged psychopath. And they where made- I was saying, I think they're building up to the point where he, Michael Myers isn't a deranged psychopath. Do you think Michael, Michael Myers, Myers feels is, pain? I would say the only way you can explain that how he can get away without feeling any pain is he's born with that rare like yeah. nerve disease where you your nerves don't work, so you don't I feel pain. I thought about that too because I was like. He takes so much, like he gets shot a billion times, at least 10 but times in this movie. He doesn't, he wasn't born with that nerve disease because he gets kidney punched in the flashbacks yeah. and, uh. he, and he visibly like is in pain. He gets his fingers shot off too and he makes like a, a couple grunts. Yeah. So that. he can feel pain. Yeah. So the, the, again, I say the only logical thing is supernatural. We'll have to wait and see. This is why I'm excited for the next one because I am very eager to see where they're going to go in explaining how we're continuing the story from here because this movie feels like – it feels like a middle movie. And it's got middle movie syndrome to an extent where it's like – it's how The Last Jedi felt. The Last Jedi felt like a middle movie in a trilogy. We know how that one went. But um, there was another one that was like, man, it, it feels like just a middle movie where it's it's just the lead into the finale which then we get um the next part of this scene is like we're gonna go hunt him down allison wants to go with um it's gonna be lonnie um, tommy's trying to get as many bodies as possible yeah because he wants to go after michael in numbers he says strength in numbers but then they break off they break off but, but i said it makes sense because it's Cameron, Alice, and Lonnie, but they're going around in a car telling people to go inside and lock their doors. Mm-hmm. But then you have Marion. Marion, the nurse from the, the first nurse, movie. The couple. Yes. And Lindsay Wallace go out as a group. And Tommy goes out on his own. And they all have guns, so like they're they're hunting him. They're and hunting Tommy Michael. goes on his own, but he's recruiting. So the yeah. only ones who are actively searching for Michael at that moment is the car with Marion, the couple, and Lindsay Wallace and they arrive at a park where there's some kids going um 
the kids are it's the kids who stole the candy um which they're wear- the masks that they're wearing are the same a mask call back to season of the witch yeah mm-hmm. it's the same sh- silver shamrock masks and they're like she's telling them what are you doing here they're like leave us alone we're just like would nothing blah 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 and she's like have you seen the kids are being dicks they're being they're being horrible and they're like they then they bring up there's a guy trying to play hide and seek with them and a mask mask, yeah and she's like where is he and they're like they point he's over there there he is and he's holding the skeleton mask which one of the kids was wearing earlier it's a it's the head it's the head of the kid cut off the kid's head so we chalk it up to a kill it's a kill. And it's um, a kill on a kid, too. So yeah. Michael is definitely, in this timeline, Michael is not afraid to kill kids. He's killing kids. He'd be killing kids. Um, And the kids kind of, like, freak out. Mm-hmm. And they run away. And she's like, run and do not stop until you get home. And then he's right next to the car. And here we get another brutal scene of Michael just. Well, Michael's, like, all up on the car. And yeah. he's like climbing over the car and he stuff. He drops the head. On the windshield. On the windshield, which makes Marion shoot the gun. I think her mistake was shooting the gun because I think they would have been safe in the car because win- car windows are really hard to break from the outside. Mm-hmm. But she, since she's shooting at the windows, she broke so many windows. She broke so many windows. She fired like three different times at stuff that wasn't there. She she biffed it. Pretty she biffed hard. it hard, and, and I would she, say she's responsible for all the deaths that happened. I would agree. After. I would agree. Um, and then she makes this like weird line, which again is a part of the dialogue issue in this movie that we're going to talk about in a, in a moment. But she goes to shoot Michael, and then she says, "This is for Doctor Loomis," and she run, ran out of ammo and she can't shoot. I would not have had her said that because it just didn't fit. It. It's a line that it's like, great, like you're calling back to your relationship with Dr. Loomis, but it it was kind of out of place, I think. And I said, Mike Stabby. Mike Stabby. He Mike stabs, stabs, stabs the nurse guy in the face. And Yeah, through the eye. Through the eye. Yikes. Well, he tries to strangle Michael and that doesn't work out. Yeah. And then Mike... Um, the woman, the, the nurse that she got out of the well, window. Well, she's a, the doctor, you know, like they're dressing... Oh, they're, She's the doctor? Okay, so you know how the he's dressed as a doctor, doctor, she's dressed as a nurse? Yeah. It's established that he's a nurse and she's a oh, doctor. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't pick they up on like that. They were like gender swap Oh, I didn't pick costume. up on that. I'm glad you did because now I feel like... I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she's shooting at him. He kicks open the door and makes her kind of fire at herself. I chalked that up to a Michael kill. I would say Michael... I asked you this. Is, is that Michael kill? Because he kicks the door into her hand, essentially, which allows her to fire through her own head. So he kills her. Yeah. And even Michael gets out of the car and looks and at like, her like, huh, that's cool how that and happened. And then he makes his way over to Lindsay Wallace and she's like running. Well, she, she's got a pillow sack full she, of bricks. She hits him with it. And she hits him twice in the head. So that's like. That would kill somebody. Like, I if you got hit with a sack of bricks over the head, like, you're done. Or you you at least are, like, knocked out. But he just, like, takes And it. he, like, goes after her. She's, like, running away from him. And luckily she gets out of sight long enough to go beneath a bridge and kind of hide in the bride. I think that saves her life. 
Um, yeah. And that, so then when we see Lindsay again, when Tommy and Lonnie find her, she's like all bruised and like beat up a little bit. So I was thinking, I was telling Bria, I'm like, there's got to be a deleted scene or in she, here somewhere. Like, or the the fact that she had to get down there, like I guess. below a bridge, and then you had to climb back out. It could really bust I guess, bust but you I feel like there might have been a deleted scene in which she had a bigger fight with Michael because they bring Lindsay to the hospital and she has to go to the, she has to go to the ER. Yeah. Um, she has to get taken care of. But before that, um, we have Tommy, um, Tommy, Lonnie, Cameron, and Allison, Allison find all find the bodies. Find, well, not in the car. There's a lot of blood, but the bodies are gone. So Michael did pose them. You have the couple. They're wearing the masks, the pumpkin, and the skeleton mask. And they're like on one of those... Uh, circular things that spin around in a playground and then nurse marion is hanging with um, the witch with the witch mask on and they're all like uh, and then allison is the one who finds um lindsey and that's where they're like we gotta we gotta take her to the hospital so they go to the hospital and for the pretty much the movie prior to this laurie doesn't know Michael is alive. She thinks Michael's dead, but Karen and Allison both know. They're like, we're not telling Lori. Lori is also in the hospital room with Officer Hawkins, and it's established that they have some kind of like past relationship where maybe they were dating at some point or they had like a romantic interest in one another, um, which is kind of a cool, cool callback. And then Hawkins reveals that he stopped Loomis from killing Michael in 78. Um, so that's kind of a big deal. And Hawkins. So here's where I'm kind of intrigued where they're going to go with the next one. Who gets to kill Michael in Halloween ends? Do you think Laurie gets to kill Michael or do you think Hawkins kills Michael or Allison? I think it would mean a lot if they... They set it up to be like Lori or Allison, and it's actually is Hawkins. Hawkins takes the kill shot or something. Yeah, I think Hawkins like deserves that retribution. But like knowing the way that these freaking movies go, Hawkins will, Hawkins will die in the next one. <laughs> like he's gonna die in the next one, and he's not gonna get his character fulfilling arc. You know, um, or he saves Lori. Or he dies while saving Lori yeah. or something. Because I think Hawkins is one hundred percent dying in the next movie. If not, like, taking the kit last kill, he yeah, will die. right. It's one or the other. I don't think he makes it. Uh, I don't think he makes it without doing one of those things in the, in the next movie. But, I could, you know, maybe they should just, I don't know, hide, wait it out. I, <laughs> I, no, I, Bree, didn't, I, you don't understand. Evil dies tonight. I just think... Uh, there, I have to agree with Karen where she's just like, there are systems in place to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is, we're not part of that system. And I thought this poor sheriff, he's just trying to m- remain in control. Yeah, But Hawkins and Lori start talking and we get a callback to an iconic Halloween character. Um, Hawkins references our, our boy Ben Tramer. Ben Tramer makes a, which I'm glad he's actually not in this movie because I don't want him to die. I want, so 
Ben Tramer is alive and happy and healthy. Allegedly, he's let's not leave get, him be. Yeah, let's leave him be because he's not getting blown up by a van or mistaken for Michael Myers. Let Let's let my guy be. I, I hope he's not in the next movie. And it's kind of like a little bit of craziness where you know Tommy bursts into the room and tells Lori like. You 40 years ago, you protected me. Like, now I'm going to protect you. Like, we're going to fucking kill him. And they kind of, like, frenzy this, like, hospital. Everyone who's in the Tom- hospital, Tommy like, frenzy them. Tommy gets everybody so riled up. And, and they're, like, going to go. And then you have the the guy, first guy, like, the guy who's just scared and hurt the, because the, he got into a car accident. Yeah, yeah, and he's hurt because he got, got into the car accident. So he's like saying, "Help me!" Outside of the but then everybody hospital. sees him and thinks that, that he's Michael Myers, whereas Karen's trying to say, "No, that's, that's, that's not, not him." And uh, then we cut back to the the Johns house, Anthony. Oh yeah, the Johns. Um, I love them. I love them. Big John. Uh, They're eating their charcuterie board. They they hear a knock at the back door. No one. They open it. No one's there. And there's a knock at the front door. They open it and they think, oh, God. And then Big John's like, did you lock the back door? And Little John's like, I don't remember. I got to go check. And then he gets there and he's like, Big John. He's like, there's somebody in our house, but it's not a kid. And there's, a, there's big, a bloody handprint. Yeah, there's the bloody handprint. On the side of and the door. Li- so Big John takes off all of his jewelry, like, jewelry <laughs> and his kimono. And he's Grabs like, Grabs a I'm tiny paring knife. He's like, I got this little knife. And then little John grabs a butcher knife and goes, and I got this big knife. (laughs) (laughs) I just love it. Like, I love that whole dynamic between big and little John. They're like this little comedy, like, part of the story. It's to cut the tension a little bit. It's to cut the tension a little bit. Um, Big John gets killed. He gets stabbed in the armpit. Yeah, they're investigating the house and Big John gets stabbed in the armpit and then Michael like gouges out his eyes. And so hard it's to It's a watch. practical effect. So, I mean, it looks, it's Gross. not, it's not computer generated. It looks at, like they did it by hand or like by through special effects, um, which is kind of cool to see. Um, and then little John walks upstairs and sees Michael staring out the window that of his former sister's room. And I, this is what I don't get is like little John looks at Michael and says, Michael, Michael, you've You've come come home home. and like hypes him up essentially instead of like running the other way. And then we get this shot from outside of the John's house or the Myers house where little John definitely dies off screen, but like doesn't do anything to run away. And I, I said this coming out of the first viewing of the movie in the theater i was like man this whole town has shares like one collective brain cell they're all <laughs> idiots and like many of them i think deserve to die in this movie because a lot of these people make active decisions in this movie to die the john should have ran away you would have lived if you would have ran away and then we'll talk about another character who does yeah like something equally many stupid. of these characters just make active decisions to die the only people in this movie that I think didn't make an active decision to get themselves killed is the the old couple in the house that Michael enters. Like, they didn't have a choice. They didn't have the option of running away, right? Like, everything happened so quick. And the old woman tried to run. She couldn't yeah. get the door to open. Right. So 
I think they might, and the, the firefighters could have gotten out of there, but they tried to stand their ground. The, uh, who else dies? The, the, maybe the kid. I don't, but I don't know. That was off screen. And the four people in the car or the three people that die in the car, the couple and, and Marion, they definitely made active decisions to get themselves killed because they could later, have not we'll, joined we'll, up with the squad. We'll have Lonnie make the active decision to get himself That's got to be the worst decision made in this entire movie. I'm, I'm telling this is the dumbest decision made by the entire movie and we'll get there. But we're at the hospital, yes, and we get this frenzy and, sequence. And Karen's trying to, t- to help. She's trying and say that's not him. She will, goes to help the guy um, and there, takes him oh, up. It's mob. It's, Everybody it's a mob. In the, even the doctors are in on it. Like, the mob is going crazy in this hospital trying to get this guy who they think is Michael Myers, where Karen's getting pushed downstairs and everything, and she's like, no, this isn't him. She tries to help him. She she gets him into a like little double door like on both sides locks tells them to lock both of the doors and unfortunately this guy like the mom's coming at him from both sides they're about to come in and get him and he chooses to kill himself and he jumps of, out the window he jumps out the window and then it it breaks to them all down there and they're like this is not brackets michael, like what did they do to what did michael do to us and this is brackets like this is not michael myers and he's like how do you know we've never seen him he's like this is not michael myers i was like you could just look at this guy michael myers is like a good like tall good, like few feet taller than this guy yeah, and, and like michael is thin and this guy's like rotund but then bracket says something like this is what michael's michael's lasting legacy is imparting the fear of him on this town and it's the same thing that I talked about earlier on the pod where I was like, the the concept of Michael Myers is scary, but you know, it's even scarier. The fact that he's actually out there he's killing. He's actually out there killing people. And it's like, I, I looked at you and I said, philosophically, like just thinking about a dinosaur is like scary. Dinosaurs are scary by thought. But if you actually encounter a dinosaur, it's like much more, it's much scarier because you're, that thing is actually in front of you. So, like, the idea of the fear of Michael Myers and how we're focusing on this in the entire movie is how the town deals with the idea and the fear of Michael Myers is scary, sure. But he's, like, actually out there and, like, maybe we should... Take it a little bit deal more seriously? that, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get the stupidest decision. We cut to Cameron, Allison, and Lonnie, and they're pulling up to the Michael's... The, the Myers, the, the Michael, the Mi- Michael Myers house. <laughs> he's not um, just Michael. He's the Michael, the Michael. And I wrote, they shouldn't go into the house. Lonnie shouldn't have gone into that house himself. They so wanted Lon- to go in together. And Lonnie's want- like, no, because me Lonnie- only. So this is, I get why they, so can we rewind for a second? Sure. I got a, I got beef with this hospital frenzy sequence. I don't like it. I don't think it should have been in. I get why it was in the movie. I don't think that it worked for. It felt like a different movie that we were watching. I get that we're supposed to be talking about mob mentality and we're supposed to be talking about the frenzy that Michael Myers is causing and how it impacts regular people. But I don't know. It just seemed like the sequence went on a little too long and it seemed like it just didn't really fit in with what we were doing. So I think that's maybe my least favorite part of this movie is that sequence 
but what I think is the dumbest decision is Lonnie going into that house by himself because, and I get why they wanted to do that because like Lonnie's whole thing was, I was too afraid to go into the house by myself when I was a kid. I'm going to make up for that right now by going into the house by myself. But I'm like, Lonnie, dude, this is not the time to be like trying to fix your, uh, past mistakes from when you were a kid i know i would have fucked right off at them yeah so lonnie goes in by himself and he's like i'll call you if i need you and it's like no you won't no you won't you'll be dead (laughs) (laughs) so i think that's just flat out the dumbest like when i when we say characters make an active decision to die like that's what we mean and so they wait a little bit and then cameron and allison are like we're going in well, they hear a gunshot. Yeah. Then like, and they we're, go in. We're going in. Can we talk about something real quick before sure. we forget to talk about it? Uh, it? It is the dialogue in this movie and how it's written is so weak compared to Well, we talked about every time they talk, they're like telling each other like things that we things already that saw. already happened. Like you're going to, uh, what was the one line I said? You're going to. Go in and confront the man who killed my father. Yeah, like you're telling the audience that your dad died by Mike by the hands of Michael Myers. Like you're reminding the audience that that happened. And I'm like, but the audience knows that that happened. I'm like, we know that. Ha- Why did she have to say it like that? It, almost every other line in this movie are characters like talking about things that already happened, or trying to call back to something, or reminding the audience of something that happened in the past. And um, I, I think about. I told Brie this sitting on the couch watching the movie and I was like writer Aaron Sorkin has pretty famously said that you should never have your characters telling the audience something they already know. Like the audience is smart. They'll figure it out, you know, and this movie, that's like a cardinal sin. It hits that cardinal sin of like, you're doing too much to remind the audience of things that they already know. Like let the audience figure it out. We're smart people. And we get this terrible, like horrible scene where it's like they're they're both looking around. They're both they're in the Cameron and Allison are in the Myers house. They're both right looking now. for Lonnie. They're both looking for Cameron's dad, and they're in different parts of the house, which I don't know why they split up. They're both upstairs, I think, but in right? different like different yeah. rooms. And he goes in the hallway, and he's he's going towards the closet. With the gun in hand. Meanwhile, Allison is in the John's room, and, and there's sees, a record playing, and the Johns are dead. And she sees set the Johns, yeah. yeah. And then Michael, Cameron kind of gets Michael like an ally because of how he's ally. Set, like. So Michael like understands the nature of gay relationships because like he was able to set up the bodies in a way that was like Michael acknowledged that they were in a relationship with one another. Is Michael an ally? Ally. I lie. <laughs> um, Cameron gets like a little drop of something on him. He looks up. He sees his dad. Um, and then Michael bursts through. Stabs Cameron twice. Yes. And I just put as soon as that, I was like, Cameron's dead and is brutally. Um, I might add. Allison. He start. He's well, he stabs Cameron twice. And then Allison bursts in and stabs michael a few times right and michael just kind of takes it and moves on and he does throw her down the stairs and she breaks her leg and she breaks her leg and then he taunts her by by brutally mm, killing cameron he takes cameron's head and kind of just rams it back and forth between 
the the baseboard or like the what do they call it the, the railing. railing yeah the what do they call it the railing <laughs> um the railing on like by the stairs he's back and forth back and forth back and forth and it looks like Cameron's dead and Allison's like come and get me and Michael is like about to walk down the stairs and he's like halfway down and he stops and he looks at Allison and then looks at Cameron and just cracks Cameron's neck like for good measure and I was um, I told Bree he that had to be intentional yeah that was like an intentional way to like fuck with Allison like Michael did that fully well knowing their relationship and knowing that that would hurt her that would hurt her um Al I said Allison's a badass because she's like do it do it when he's about to like get her and then we know that she's actually talking to her mom mm -hmm. she sees her mom in the back yeah because Karen comes in with a pitchfork stabs in the back with a pitchfork which I think the it's uh you know um the Chekhov's pitchfork pitchfork because, because they because the John big John plays with it Big John plays with it, and then he says, next time I'm coming at you with a pitchfork. Yeah, so it's like, it's a little bit of a, you know, we knew that that was the... The pitchfork was going to come into play at some yeah. point. Um, she stabs him, grabs his mask off him. He gets back up. She wants to kind of get him away from her she daughter. She lures him out of the house. Lures him to where literally everyone in town is waiting for him and then this is also a callback line to 2018 because when judy Greer, or karen is in the basement she, i can't she's got the gun gotcha. and she, i can't do it and she goes gotcha and then shoots michael like that was an effective line effective use of gotcha right and it was delivered in a way where i you know i'm cool with it it's fine but this time when she says gotcha i don't think that it's as effective because this doesn't feel as permanent like right like yeah we feel and it felt like when when karen did that the first time and it was like this could be the end of michael this, this is the twist and like karen was luring him in i kind of felt like that was like the surprise this so much not as effective because it's not we know that michael's not gonna die here you know yeah and we know that this isn't the end <clears throat> of the movie she goes back to her daughter, leaving the the town to fight Michael. And he, Tommy says, "Karen, we got this. Go be with your daughter." Yeah. Um. He kills everyone. Well, okay. So first, of we all, count. We were like, we don't know all, exactly how many people he kills because Anthony and I were just like counting. We were trying every to count, every but break. You're, you're getting ahead of yourself right here. Um, we got to talk about the damage. I'm that trying Michael to move did. ourselves ahead a little. Yeah, bit, but you're disregarding some important things here that. The damage Michael takes from this crowd is tremendous. Like, he gets whacked a bunch of times with sticks. I got to mention the dude or the, I can't remember, is it a guy or a girl that's in the background in the mob with an iron? <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody holding an iron. But they're all, like, one guy's got a gun and shoots him, like, five times. And, like, this is where I say Michael has to be supernatural because the amount of damage he takes. He's taken seven shots in this movie or, like, eight gunshots to the chest in this movie a pitchfork to the back he got slammed in the head with some bricks um he got stabbed a couple of times he's whacked over the back of the head with a bunch of stuff karen stabs him in the back of the neck and he just walks away and he just gets up he takes a massive amount of damage by this mob and then Lori's giving a speech about like a monologue at the hospital about how Michael isn't 
can't possibly be human because of the amount of damage that he takes. They're talking about how Michael might get more power based on how much he kills. So then we get the sequence in which Michael gets up and kills everybody in this mob. Every Everybody stabbing people through the neck, like slicing throats. Uh, He cuts somebody's Achilles tendon, stabs somebody through the wrist. Tommy, I think, gets it the worst, though. Tommy gets stabbed, looks into Michael's eyes, and then Michael takes the baseball bat that he had. And, like, pummels him. bashes his brains in with it. It's incredible. Like, it was wild. And I said, why did... So, now that we know Michael could handle the mob... Why did he just stand there and get apprehended by the police in 78? I don't know. I don't know. He literally kills everyone. And I just keep saying there's no way he isn't supernatural. I don't... He has to be supernatural. There's no way he isn't. Yeah. I mean, I really hope that they don't go supernatural with it. But who knows? Every I think everything's off the table for the next one. So let's finish up uh, kills. Karen's at the house. She goes up. She tries to look through the window. And lo and behold... Guess who's behind her in the house it's already? Meikle. It's Meikle. Um And I wrote, Karen, no! Yeah, Karen is uh Stabbed. Karen is it's not a confirmed kill. Because even though I think it's, it's, pretty... it's obvious that she could not survive that, we don't get the next part. I think it her... would be I think I w- it would be really uh meaningless of an ending if Karen made it into halloween ends i just don't want to say goodbye to judy greer i know we love judy greer but i think that this holds more weight if they keep the kill permanent because and however we bring our characters back in halloween ends you got to make sure allison goes through that traumatic loss right like she lost her dad she lost her mom she lost cameron she lost all of her friends like that makes her connect maybe more with Laurie, who's also dealing with a tremendous amount of loss, not only from the past, but from the present. And if you keep Judy Greer alive here, then you her Allison and Laurie's character arcs don't have much weight to them. So I think I think you gotta keep it permanent. I think Ray has to be a permanent death as well, because Ray just got strangled, right? He could possibly be alive, uh, the dad, in the in 2018. So he could, he could maybe be alive, but I think it's got to be permanent. Um, there's an alternate ending to the movie. Um, when the script the script got leaked, like months before the movie came out, and they had filmed this ending and they tested it with audiences, didn't test well, uh, so they changed it where before Karen gets stabbed, she's on the phone with. Lori. So Lori overhears Karen die over the phone. And then Michael picks up the phone and Lori says something like, Michael, I'm going to kill you. And then that's where the movie ends. Instead of Michael just staring out the window. Why did that test poorly? I don't know. I would have appreciated that Because I would have liked one. that ending. I think that ending would be... I think they took it out <laughs> because they said, well, we're no longer keeping Halloween ends on the same night. So... If you had that ending, it would have had, had to be on the same night. Um, well, let's talk about one thing before we end the pod. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, uh, 
uh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. Poo brain. He's got, I got poo, poo brain. I got poo brain. I completely forgot my train of thought that I was going to bring up. Um, poo well, brain. I guess I, I guess it didn't matter if I can't remember it. Um, so why don't we, since we're done, well, first of all, overall thoughts on the movie. I liked it. Every time I watch it, I like it less. Yeah, that's how I thought. That's how I thought, too. But I have to ask you. I do you, appreciate it a little bit. I have to ask you, Anthony, does this make your your top 100? No, no. I don't, I don't think, think it so. makes mine either. And I think that's sad, though. No, I don't think it makes the top 100. Um, while I think it's I think it's a, a direct sequel to Halloween 2018 that I think I appreciate. And I'm glad that they did it. I'm glad we get more of this universe because that's what I came out of 2018 wanting was more of these characters and more of this universe and more of the story. There was some stuff that I, I think it's like Cardinal sin with the dialogue and some of the decisions that are made here, especially because, Oh my God, the town is so friggin' stupid. Like I, I understand people making bad decisions in horror movies, but boy, Oh boy, they are just just dumb, just dumb decisions all around by everybody. Decisions all around. What what would you like to see out of Halloween Ends? Um, because we're getting. I mean, and we will review it for the pod. But I don't when know. It comes out. I don't know where we go if because I I know where we would go if there wasn't a time skip. I have no idea where we're because going because we be. end Michael in the house. Like, so, so what does Michael just stay in the house for four years? Like where do we go? We've talked about this. We have no idea. We're excited for the new movie because we want to know how it's going to end. I think Michael get here's my theory. I think Michael gets apprehended at the end of Halloween Kills. And I think we're going to see that play out in Halloween Ends. And I think... my he can't get out again. My theory... Well, I don't think he gets out. My theory is that Michael is going on death row. And I think Laurie and Allison and Hawkins and maybe even Lindsay Wallace, because she's coming back, I think they go to see him executed. And then I think we get an entire Halloween movie that is not in Haddonfield, but is in like the prison or in Smith's Grove or something where now you're locked in the prison or the asylum with Michael. And I think that's how that movie plays out. Um, We're going to have to, that's my bet. That's my theory. That's where I think it's going to go. So we'll have to wait and see how that goes in October. Um, Okay. So here's what I want to do before we end the pod. Okay. I would like to rank the Halloween movies and the mass now that we're done with the franchise. All right. Um, First, I think this is 13 movies I, or 12. I can't remember how many. Um, let's start at the bottom. Let's start with the mass first. The worst mask. The wor- what's the worst mask? The CGI mask. The, let's just go H2O in general. All of the mass in H2O. So let's go uh, H2O. Is the last one. I would also agree with that. What do you think is the other worst mask? I wouldn't even know. I don't remember all of them. Halloween 5. The one where it's like too big and it looks like the nose is really weird. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Halloween 5. And then where would you go next with that? Mm. Maybe 4 where it's like the white like just a plain white, like it's too white, you know. I maybe guess. four, maybe resurrection. Which one would you say is worse? I don't even know. Four or resurrection. 
Resurrection. Okay, we're going to go Resurrection. And then we're going to go four. And then... Ro uh, Rob Zombie? Then, yeah, Rob Zombie. Both of the Rob Zombie ones. We'll go H2 and then H. Uh, and then how much do we have left? Let's go... For me, at least, it would be the original Halloween 2, I think, is pretty bad, but not terrible. You seem like you don't have much of an opinion. So. I know what the best one is. Which one? Do you, the first one? The first one yeah. is the best well, one. And then this one, the one from this movie and, and last movie. And then Kills. That's like Those a second. Those are top three. Yeah. Um, well, I have to assume that they use the same one. And then I'll go six. It's probably my... My fourth. I loved Mass in six. And his bedonk in six, too. <laughs> Man, that was my favorite part of six. Yeah. His big, the dump truck that is Michael Myers' booty cheeks right. in that one. So here's our ranking of the Mass. Halloween 78, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, Halloween 6, the original Halloween 2, Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie 2, Halloween 4, Resurrection 5, in H2O. That CG one man in oh, H2O. So is terrible. It's like the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Yeah. I um, was like, what is that? What is that? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, what about movies? Movies, best movie. Do you want to go best to worst? Yes. Okay. Best um, one. Best I, one is the original. Obviously the first, yeah. And then I would say probably 2018. 2018. And then where would you go next? Oh, that's hard. I'm thinking maybe for me, maybe H2O. Yeah, I really like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say H2O and then Kills. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I would put Rob Zombie's last. I hate oh, some of the worst ones, man. This is the worst. Um, I'm going to go four for the next one. Halloween four. Like three. Oh yeah, three. I forgot about three. Let's put three on there. Three, you can't put a mask because there is no mask yeah. because he's not in it. But I like it's three. a good it's a good Halloween movie. Yeah. I like it. Um, it gets an honorable mention from me. Oh, so, dude, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I completely forgot about. It. Thank then you for four. reminding me. Then four, and then I'll go five. Or resurrection. Mm. Five or resurrection. Resurrection. Yeah. Then yeah. five. And then five, and then. Original Halloween two, yeah, that one's it's. The, no, I would, I would, hmm, I'd maybe put that above five. Yeah, yeah. H two, five, and then okay. So now we have both Rob Zombies and then Halloween six. Halloween six before the Rob. That's how much I hate Rob Zombies. Oh really? Okay. Well, I'll agree with that, but I don't know if I agree with that. But then we'll put. <laughs> Rob Zombie's Halloween, and then all the way at the very bottom, Halloween 2 from Rob Zombie. And I think that's all of them. So here's our list of rankings of the Halloween movies. All the way at the top, obviously, Halloween 78, Masterpiece. Close second, Halloween uh, 2018. Then we got H2O. We got Halloween Kills. Halloween 3 Season of the Witch gets pretty high up there on the list. I like that one. Halloween 4. Halloween Resurrection, which we both agreed we liked it more than we thought we would. Uh, yes. Busta Rhymes. It's so good. I, I like that Trick movie. Trick or treat. I like that movie. I just, there's something about Season of the Witch that I just 
It just it's deserves. Bonkers. It it's just such deserves a bonkers to movie. be. It deserves to be up there because it doesn't have Michael Myers in it. It still holds. It up. still holds up. Yeah, yeah. Total Stonehenge. <laughs> What's, What's the, the deal, deal with Stonehenge? Um. So we got three, then four. Halloween Resurrection, original Halloween two, Halloween five, Halloween six, Robert Zombert's Halloween, and then Robert Zombert's Halloween two, which is horrid. Okay, so horrid the bolt. reason why I feel like six comes before six, Robert yeah. Zombert's. And we're, we're going to combine original and, and producer's <clears throat> cuts there. Do you want to know why? Why? Because I just don't think Rob Zombie knew what Halloween is supposed to be. I, I agree. So yeah. I have to give six a higher ranking because at least they understood who Michael Myers was. If we had not watched the movies over again, I don't know if I would put Rob Zombie's Halloween at the bottom of the list because I remember liking that movie. But then upon rewatch, I was like, this is terror. Like this is like Rob Zombie doesn't know how two people have a conversation like, the dialogue is just terrible. Yeah, it's just hard it's, to get through. I thought Robert Zombert's movies were hard to get through. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So I think that's a solid list. Um, Man, I, I can't believe Resurrection went so high on the list for us. But upon rewatch, I was like, man, I had fun watching Resurrection. It's not necessarily a good movie, but I don't think I had beyond fun. the first movie and 2018 that there has been a good yeah movie you yeah, know what i mean i would agree um cool so that's it brie franchise over it's our first how do you feel now that we're done with the halloween movies? well we're not really done because we're gonna have like our bonus like shorter podcast where we talk about all the unmade um mm-hmm. halloween movies so like be on the lookout for that that's I don't, not gonna I'm not, be i'm unsure if that's gonna be a saturday podcast or like a special in yeah the it podcast. might be a special release it probably won't be too long um but keep on the lookout for that. And then we got Jurassic World coming up. And um, then that, that'll be the end of that franchise for us until June when the new Jurassic World movie comes out. Um, to say that this is the end of the Halloween franchise for us as viewers and as like hosts of this podcast, untrue. Because we got one coming out in October. I know. So year. you just have to wait a little bit longer. But when I think with new releases, it's like... The unspoken rule, you got to wait like a couple months. To release it. To release, at least, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So. Um, at least a few weeks. We're excited. I'm excited to be done with this series of like, not that I'm sad because now we, if we review them, rewatch the movies, it'll just be for fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad we got to do this. So um, it is with a, um, a, a, mel- a melancholy feel. That a heavy heart. It's melancholy. Melancholy feel that we bid adieu to a, a, a so long, not a goodbye to the Halloween franchise, but a so long and see you later to, yeah. to Michael Myers. I hope you enjoyed coming along with us for this ride on through every week where we've been talking about these movies. Um, they mean a great deal to the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like we're, we started dating what watching this movie yeah, yeah. on halloween um we're getting and I, married and I think we as grew... close to halloween as we possibly can and i think that upon rewatch of the franchise we grew such a fonder appreciation of the franchise itself through watching this movie and especially the good 
ones out of this franchise. Um, so we'll be back in a special episode where we're going to talk about all of the unmade, not all of them, but a select number of the unmade Halloween movies, um, because I think that's worth an entire episode of a podcast to discuss, because some of those are wild. Some of those are wild flicks that could have been made. Um, we'll talk about it and be prepared next week. Jurassic World 2. And that will be the so, so long farewell for now. Until June. Until yeah. June. So stick with us. Keep um, Follow us on Instagram. Instagram review at view. underscore pod. He's interrupting me. And oh, I didn't know if you actually knew the <laughs> the handle. Um, oh, you, you can, can go. Just go. You go. No, you can um, email us as well. Uh, I don't know our email. Oh, yeah. Uh, reviewpodcast1 at gmail.com. Um, you can always follow Anthony on Twitter. At GLDTV1. And the only way to get a hold of me is to knock thrice um, on the... Stonehenge. Stonehenge. I, I knew we were going with Stonehenge. I love it. <laughs> Knock thrice on Stonehenge and whisper but, my but name into the void. But don't get zapped with magic Stonehenge powers where your face turns into bugs. Yeah. So Just be careful. I'll be careful because one knock too many bugs. Yeah, one knock too many bugs and rattlesnakes. So just be careful. <laughs> be careful. Um, but if you want to get a hold of me, that's the only way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Brie, for myself, I'm Anthony. I'm Bree. This is the Review Podcast. Come see us again next week. Skip beep beep doo doo. The Review Podcast. Yeah.